Thomas Jefferson, the third president of the United States, was an astute man of science who really liked Jesus, but refused to believe uh, biblical miracles like the feeding of the 5,000 or Jesus walking on water, or even Jesus healing the sick. Now, for many of us, we would say that this is a complete contradiction, right? And I would agree with you. But let me tell you how Jefferson solved this dilemma. He took a pair of scissors and he cut out all the miracle stories in his Bible. He also cut out some of the Jesus stories that seemed a little too incredulous for him. In the end, he had a Bible that depicted the exact Jesus that he felt comfortable believing in. Now, I want to judge him, but if I'm honest with you, there are things in the Bible I wish I could just cut out, because doing so would leave me with a picture of God that I can easily understand and completely agree with. To top that off, I really wish I could just cut out the parts of the Bible that make me very uncomfortable. And I think if I could do that, I could really get behind everything that Jesus says about God. Let me give you an example of this, uh, an example of a verse in the Bible that at some point in my life, I really wanted to cut out. It comes from John chapter 3, verse 36, and here's what it says. You ready for this? It says, uh, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever disobeys the Son will not see life, but must endure God's wrath. Now, that, that's the, the little phrase that gets me, must endure God's wrath. That's scary, right? I mean, anytime I read a verse like this, I'll, I want to cut them out just like Jefferson did so that I can have a picture of God or an understanding of God that I can easily comprehend and that I can easily uh, um, uh, agree with, right? And I wish I could cut them out because verses like this make God seem like God is out to punish me for my sin. You see, the idea of God being wrathful is definitely an understanding of God that I didn't necessarily want to keep for a long time. I ignored uh, God being wrathful. I ignored this idea that, that God, uh, there was wrath when it came to God. Like Jefferson, I wanted to cut out all the parts of the Bible that talked about God's wrath. But here's the thing. Here's what I've learned through the years. I think that the God Jesus knows is wrathful, but maybe not the way you might think. In fact, I think with that, when we understand God's wrath and what it really looks like, I think we actually want to invite God's wrath into our life. We've been reading through this book called The Good and Beautiful God by James Bryan Smith, and in it he says this, wrath is not a permanent attribute of God, whereas love and holiness are part of his essential nature, wrath is contingent upon human sin. In other words, if there were no sin, there would be no wrath. I, I, I love this. I find this very fascinating, right? The, uh, holiness, love, forgiveness, those are permanent attributes of God, but wrath is only contingent upon sin. In other words, when we sin, God responds with wrath. Ish. See, a lot of times we fall into this trap of thinking that God responds towards our sin with wrath, Right? And in some ways, God does, but God's wrath is not directed at you and I. It's directed at our sin. See, the first thing that we need to understand is that God is opposed to anything that hurts both you and I. And sin is the primary inflictor of pain in our lives. 
Sin is the one thing that causes pain and suffering, not just in our lives, but in the lives of those around us. So God unleashes God's wrath against all the things that hurt us, against sin. Now, here's another thing we need to understand. There's this guy, this, this preacher named George MacDonald, who says this, God is against my sin because he is for me. And if I am for sin, God stands against those desires because they cause my destruction. In other words, God's wrath is not out to get me. God's wrath is out to rid me of my sin and my desire to sin. Let me say it again. God's wrath is out to rid me of my sin and my desire to sin. See, God isn't trying to punish us. God is trying to lead you and I away from sin and away from our desire to sin. And that desire is very real, right? I mean, think about your lives. We, we sin a lot. We sin often. I don't know about you, but I have uh, gotten really frustrated as I've been driving the times I do drive because it seems like nobody knows how to stop at a four-way light, right? I mean, there's just there's this desire to sin when we get frustrated or this desire to just, uh, uh, you know, cut in line to get gas. Like, whatever it may be, we have this desire to sin that's real. And you see, God is trying to get you and I to choose God instead of sin. And I don't know about you, but I can get behind this understanding of God's wrath, Right? that God is trying to get rid of all that stuff, all that sin, all of the, the things that I fall short in. God is trying to get rid inside of me of everything that is bad for me and the world around me. You see, I want to follow a God who hates everything and anything that hurts me or pulls me away from God. I want to follow a God who not only hates the things that hurts me, I want to follow a God who takes intentional steps towards completely destroying the things that hurt me. I want to know that the God I follow is not indifferent to the things that bring shame and pain and hurt and suffering. See, I want to follow that kind of God. And if that's who God is, then we have to believe that there will be a day when sin will be no more, when sin will have absolutely no power over us, We have to believe that there will be a day when suffering and sorrow will cease to exist. And the reason that this will take place, the reason that sin will be no more someday, is because God's wrath is being unleashed on everything that hurts us and pulls us away from God. Let me say it this way. God's wrath is not out to get you and I. God's wrath is out paving a way for you and I to live free from the bondage of sin and everything that comes with it. See, the reality is that sin has a grip on you and I. We talked about that, right? Sin has a grip on all of us. And while we are helpless and hopeless against sin on our own, God's wrath will come in and destroy sin, which is the beauty of the scripture we read earlier. Jesus tells us that as long as we believe in him, we will have eternal life. In other words, Jesus says, just believe in me and, and uh, walk away from sin, right? Leave sin behind. If we pay close attention to that scripture, it's almost as if Jesus is saying, believing is the same thing as obeying, right? Believe in me, right? Walk away from sin, leave it all behind. Uh, get rid of yourselves of your desire to sin and you will have eternal life with me, right? But then Jesus says there's the opposite. 
If we disobey Jesus, if we choose to sin, then we must endure God's wrath because we are choosing sin over God. And you see, it's in those instances where we experience God's wrath, not because God wants to punish us, but because God is out to destroy the very things we choose over God. You know, I I love this. this, this I think it's something really important that we need to understand, right? The, The moments when we read scripture about people experiencing God's wrath, God isn't punishing people. God is trying to destroy the very things that people chose over God. And when something we choose, something we, we desire is destroyed, it hurts us, right? And, and there's pain that comes with it. But ultimately, God says, I am destroying this because there is something better. Now, here's the last thing that I, I'm going to say, and I think we all need to understand this. There will be a day when God will cast final judgment on us. And on that day, God will show us who we really are, broken, sinful people, who have been forgiven and restored by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And all God asks of us, this is what Jesus says, all God asks of us is that we choose to believe in Jesus, that we choose to believe in the good news. And if we do, we will spend eternity with God free of sin and shame and guilt and everything else that separates us from God. And if God's wrath is paving the way for that day to come, And I don't know about you, but for me, by all means, may the wrath of God come down, putting an end to all the things that cause pain and suffering and sorrow and all the other hurtful emotions that we experience. May the wrath of God come down on all those things, because I believe that there will be a day when suffering will be no more, when sin will have no more power over us. God's wrath will defeat all that is bad. And if that's what God's wrath looks like, then I want God's wrath to come down. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for who you are. A God who uh, always reaches out to us with love and forgiveness first. And not just first, but also last. God, you are a loving and forgiving God. And in the midst of that love and forgiveness, God, you try to get rid of everything that hurts us, everything that causes pain, everything that pulls us away from you. And God, the only thing that can defeat those things is your wrath because you are against those things. So God, destroy those things in our lives. We long to live in a world where there is no more pain or shame, where sin has no control over us. God, your wrath comes into this world out of love for us because you seek to destroy all things that are harmful to us. I thank you that that is who you are. And God, I pray this in your most precious and most glorious name. Amen. Well, hey, I want to thank you for joining us today. I really want to encourage you to consider diving deeper into this uh, sermon. There's so much more that, uh, that is to be said. I just don't have enough time to dive into all of it. So I want to give you a couple of resources. First, if you really want to dive deep into this, this conversation about God's wrath, there's a book that we're using for this sermon series called The Good and Beautiful God by James Brian Smith. I want to encourage you to buy it. Uh, you can probably even rent it from your local library. 
and read through it. There's a chapter that's called God is Holy, and it talks about God's wrath. And it's a, it's a beautiful chapter, has a lot to say, but it's way too much for me to put it into uh, one sermon today. So I want to encourage you to do that. The other thing you can do is uh, you can text the word GROW, G-R-O-W, to the number 225-307-0662. And when you do that, you'll get a text message back with a link to a home sheet. This home sheet is going to include the scripture we talked about today. It's going to include some questions to think about, and it's going to include some uh, ways to put this sermon into action. So I want to encourage you, if you want to keep wrestling with this, if you want to uh, have some questions to wrestle with it deeper, text that right now. Again, it's GROW, G-R-O-W, to the number 225-307-0662. So I want to invite you to do that. The third thing I want to invite you to do, if you want to go deeper, is either show up to your small groups this week or uh, join a small group. You can join a small group by emailing us at info at We have groups that meet throughout the week. We have some more groups that are getting ready to start. And we want to really just uh, encourage you to be a part of that. It's an opportunity for you to make some friends. Uh, it's an opportunity for you to be out in the Mid-City community. And it's an opportunity for you to dive deeper into Scripture and the sermons that we are sharing here online. Well, listen, I am so thankful that you are worshiping with us. And uh, before we leave, I just want to remind you one more time. I love you. God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I'll see you next week.